0: of the show. Welcome to episode 64 of The Relaxed Dog Podcast, sponsored by therelaxeddog.com. Thank you very much for listening. I am your host Robert Ober and I hope that you and your dog are well. Welcome back to the regular listeners, and a big welcome if this is your first show. This week, my guest will be Marie Contrias. But first, in some doggy news, in the eternal quest for councils and authorities to get irresponsible dog owners to clean up after their dogs... We go to Ireland and in Galway City Council they have just completed the trial of their Clean It Up You Dirty Pup initiative and that involved a couple of trial areas where they had people go out and spray paint uh, dog feces bright pink and also They had a stenciled message that they put on the ground. Not quite sure what it said, but you can imagine. Um, The interesting results were that they had a over 50% reduction in the amount of dog faeces. Do you think that would work in your area? Now, getting deliveries to your home can have mixed results with your pups. But uh, in the case of Kao Jiao, the pug, a delivery was being made to the premises. Cow Jiao ran out and had a very positive experience with the delivery person. Um, another week or so later, another delivery person came out and Cow Jiao's experience wasn't as good. Uh, wasn't as happy. They didn't get the 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 pats and the hugs. So, what did Kao Jiao's guardians do? They made sure that when they got their future deliveries, they specified to have the an original delivery driver make their delivery. And now. Cow Chau is very, very happy that he has a new friend to visit every week or so. And speaking of happiness, I hope that you can share the love, share the podcast, and get even more people to realize how awesome dogs are. Here's this week's interview. Welcome to the Relaxed Dog Podcast. I'm here with Marie Contrice. How are you?
1: I'm great. How are you? Uh-huh.
0: Fantastic. Thank you very much. So whereabouts in the world are you?
1: I'm in Los Angeles, California in the United States.
0: Wonderful. And who are we going to talk about today?
1: We are going to talk about my senior chihuahua, Eddie.
0: Eddie, wonderful. <laughs> um, As per sort of usual, I'm going to ask you to take us back in time to before you guys met up and talk to us about the, the hows and whys that connection happened.
1: Well, Eddie was my mother's dog and she often referred to him as the love of her life. She had him since he was a puppy and he guarded her and went after every ankle that came near her. <laughs> years but unfortunately my mother uh, passed away a few years ago and I promised her that I would take care of Eddie because she was worried about him mm-hmm. and she had she had she had lung cancer so she knew that she was going to need to have a plan for him and I told her that I'd have happily take care of him
0: okay so at what age did Eddie move into with you
1: um well I had actually Moved in with my mother in 2017 to help her take care of my grandmother. Okay. And we didn't realize that mom was ill at the time. But that later that year, she was diagnosed with lung cancer. And so I've lived with Eddie since
0: 2017. Okay. So that, And that's been in the, the same household?
1: Same. Yes, I inherited the condo when my mom passed. So Eddie's always been in the same place since he was a, a puppy running for his life and found this place.
0: <laughs> okay. So can you tell us about your sort of like first memories with visiting Eddie?
1: Well, let me let me back up a little bit and start with how my mom got Eddie because it's a great story.
0: Yes, yes, please.
1: Eddie was a puppy and he was a stray, and the neighborhood children were chasing him. And the neighbor next door was my mother's best friend, and she did she was very frugal. Her her condo was paid off. All of her bills were paid off, but she didn't like to spend money. So instead of running the air conditioning in Los Angeles, when it was a hundred plus degrees Fahrenheit, she would just open her front door. And so when the neighborhood kids were chasing this poor little puppy, who was tiny, I mean, Eddie's only 11 pounds full grown. Mm. So as a puppy, he was a tiny, he was, he was like chasing a little squirrel. So they were chasing him and he ran into the neighbor, Margaret's house to hide from the kids. And he wouldn't let the kids touch him. He wouldn't let Margaret touch him. He wouldn't let anybody touch him. He was just terrified of everything. He had had a broken tail and he had a, a tooth kicked out already as a puppy,
2: mm. living,
1: the, living the stray life. And so he jumped up into one of her chairs in her living room and she told all the kids to go away and leave him alone. And the house got quiet and he just went to sleep immediately. Fell right to sleep. He was exhausted. And she let him be. Well, my mother had heard the commotion and she came next door and she asked Margaret, she said, who's, whose adorable little dog is this? And she says, well, I don't know. You know, he just ran in the house. My mom used to walk all the time with my grandmother. She said, have you ever seen anybody walking him? Do you recognize him? Do you know who he belongs to? And my mom scooped her hands down and she just picked him right up and he let her. She said, well, he's my dog. She nice. said, if, if he needs a home, he's mine. Of course, you still have to go to the shelters. And, you know, if somebody was looking for him, she, she took him to the shelter to make sure that there wasn't somebody grieving the loss of him. And she told the shelter, if, if his owners don't come, I want him." They said, OK, well, he'll be you know available for adoption on Monday at 7 a.m. But if you're not here, it's going to go to the next person on the list. My mom was there at 630. She was right, you know, ready to go. He did get kennel cough while he was at the shelter. She got him all vaccinated. She you know, did all the things that you have to do to take care of a dog. And he, he, she and Margaret both claimed ownership to Eddie. But Margaret didn't want a dog. She was living with her brother. And she was always afraid her brother would leave the door open and the dog would run away. And my mom and grandmother, because they, they were both alive at the time, they named him Eddie after my great-grandfather. They said that he was a grumpy old man with a good heart, and so that was Eddie. That's why he's got. That's that's what he's named after. But my first experiences with Eddie were not as sweet as my mother's. Every time I I would come to visit my mom before I moved in in 2017, I would come over. I would come to visit every every few months because I lived in another state. I lived and I I worked full time, and so I I could come when I had vacation time. So every vacation time that I accrued, I would come back and spend at least a few days of it in Los Angeles. And every time I would come to visit my mom, if I walked too fast, this little dog would attack me. He'd go after my ankles. He'd try to bite my heels. And I know that it's now that I love him. I know it's he's just afraid of the giants walking around him because he doesn't want to get stepped on. And he's also protective. He likes to be in charge. He likes to control the pace of things. He likes to... I have a border collie that's 55 pounds and he's in charge of her. He bosses her around when he wants to play. He'll jump all over her head. He'll pull on her ears and she just lays there and lets him because she's also learned that if she jumps up and wants to play with him, he'll run for cover because he's afraid of her when she's full size, but he's not afraid of her when she's laying down and she's low. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And he's, he keeps the cats in order. He keeps the dog in order. But if I have visitors, he does the same ankle biting thing but I have uh, five grandchildren and when they come to visit, I just teach them to to get down on the floor with him and just be quiet. And he'll, he comes right to him. But if you try to run around or you get too noisy, he's, he's got issues and he'll try and tell you to quit it.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: That's, a, that's my experience of it.
0: Okay. Uh, nice. Um, so can you remember when he was introduced with the other co-animals in the, in the house, the dog?
1: He, I, I can. He's actually, as much as he will go after the ankles of humans, he loves all animals. He's never been prey-driven with the kitties, so he was fine with the kitties. He was just curious about them. He loved having more animals in the house. And when I first moved in with my mom in 2017, and I brought Betty with me, she's seven now, when I brought her, he was just so excited to have a friend. Because my mom had always protected him. She always thought that other dogs were going to attack him and kill him. And so she never socialized him with other animals at all. Mm. And he's in heaven now because he's got all these animals. He thought that, you know, his only people were these little old ladies that loved him. (laughs) He used to alternate between my grandmother and my mom's bed. He would just hang out with both of them. My, my grandmother had dementia and she got progressively worse pretty quickly over like the last seven or eight years of her life she just deteriorated but this little dog if he wasn't with my mom he was in bed with grandma and he would just come, he was just like a little comfort dog he just loved his women and my mom would go visit the neighbor next door margaret and these three women they would just dote on him they always had treats for him he actually was quite a bit heavier when i when i got him because they had just been filling him with treats and he would just look at them with these great big ears and these great big eyes and they would just feed him. Mm-hmm. And so we, so I swapped, I swapped that out to green beans and we, we trimmed him down. But um, even towards the end when my mom was really sick and she was in the hospital, the doctors had told me, they said, you know, you play your mom's favorite music. If she has a dog at home, you can bring him to the hospital because she's, she's going to go in the next couple of days. And so I, I knew how much she loved Eddie because Eddie, no matter how bad she got with her illness, he would always make her smile. He always brought some comfort and some relaxation to her. And the, the day that my mom passed away, I brought Eddie to the hospital. And when she saw him, you know, she was in pain and not really paying much attention to me. But when she saw Eddie, she reached out her hands and just smiled at him. She said, oh, my love, you're here. And he just crawled, went up and he crawled up to her. He made her smile. He gave her her last smile.
0: Oh, nice.
1: So I have to take care of him.
0: Absolutely.
1: And he's 14 now.
2: And he's just a good boy. Did
0: you notice much change in the way that he behaved after your mother passed away? I did.
1: Well, especially that day because he had been to the hospital and he knew he knew what was going on. When um, we came home that night, he slept, like I'm a, I'm a side sleeper. I, I sleep with my arms to the side. And he crawled up under my arm and he just stayed there all night. Like he couldn't, like he was burrowing under me. And he transferred what he had been doting on my mom. And it just, I don't know if he was seeking comfort or if he was offering comfort. But that night he was just, with me every, every minute Mm. and very calm, just very calm and very peaceful. The doctor had come in when, when he was there and he said, does this dog always have such a sad face? And I said, no, he, he doesn't. I mean, even the doctor said that is a sad looking little dog. I said, he knows what's going on, Mm. but he is just, he's so loyal to the people that, that he loves. And he loves everybody that he gets to know. He's, he's really a sweet dog, but he, you know, I had started feeding him and walking him the last six months before she passed. So he knew, he knew that I was going to take care of him and that I was safe and it was going to be okay. But he was definitely, he was sad for a little while. I think having the other dog helped him because he had somebody to play with where he hadn't before my My grandmother had died the same year earlier. Um, she died in June of two thousand and eighteen, and my mom died in September. And then Margaret passed away in two thousand and nineteen in August. So all of his ladies are gone, so he's stuck with me. <laughs> but he's you know, he lives in the moment. He's not like people. he doesn't get he doesn't grieve like we do, but he's just very easy, very happy. Very gentle. He's just he's he's been good therapy for me, more than my border collie because she can be kind of crazy. <laughs> you know, border border collies kind of have that nutty reputation, and it's with her as well deserved.
2: <laughs>
1: he's got a lot more energy, and she just wants to go. She just wants to run, chase things, herd things, bark at things, and Eddie's just easy.
0: Mm-hmm. So you know, he's when, just got
1: a, a sweet walk,
0: spirit. When you walk, do they you walk them individually or do you?
1: I walk them together. Together? Yep. I walk them together and we go at Eddie's pace because he's got the littlest legs.
0: Hmm. Where's and Eddie's favourite walks?
1: He, he just likes to get outside. He doesn't, he, I've taken him hiking and he gets lost in the leaves. <laughs> in the fall, when the leaves get thick, I'll turn around. I, I had lost my keys once and I, I was looking through the leaves, and my border collie was digging in them. You know, not what I needed when I'm trying to find my keys that I dropped in the leaves. She's digging and flipping flea, or the leaves everywhere. And I looked behind me, and he, all I could see was his head. The rest of him was just buried in the leaves. He had just sunken. <laughs> And, there's, you know, he's only got about six inches. So if the leaves are deeper than six inches, he, has, he doesn't have a chance. <laughs> so I try to keep him on pretty flat, easy trails when we go mm-hmm. and not overdo it with him. But yeah, the border collie was in heaven. She thought, oh, mommy's digging through the leaves. I'll, I'm going to help you. And he's just like, get me out of here. I can't, I'm drowning in leaves.
0: <laughs> was there any other like interaction with other animals when you took him on the trails?
1: Um, I have to be careful with him. Not, not so much other animals. Some of the places that we hike nearby have coyotes. And so I'm always fear, you know, mindful of that. Mm-hmm. There's, I've also taken him on walks where hawks have circled me and I don't really like that too much either
2: uh, because like I don't want to look him
1: as a, yeah, I don't want him to be a snack because he's not very big. I have to be careful with him. And in our, um, in the hills nearby where i have taken him we also have mountain lions so we have to be kind of careful and very aware of our surroundings when we're out hiking i don't take him very often just because there's too many predators Mm -hmm. you know and even with him on a leash they get hungry enough They'll, they'll come after him so i'm i keep him in the city and take him to the park and we go on little walking trails and things like that that's a little safer that's more his speed. Nice. He likes that better.
0: Mm-hmm. And how are he things likes the,
1: the too.
0: How are things at the local park?
1: Things are good at the local park. Um, even if we have dogs that are off leash, we have leash laws here. And so you can't, you're not allowed to walk your dogs off leash because of attacks and things like that. So it's rare that you have a dog that's off leash, but even the occasional off leash dog, they'll run right up to him. He loves all other dogs. So he's really never... A problem, and my border collies is the same way. They're both very dog friendly.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. So, uh, what sort of games does Eddie like to play?
1: Well, he doesn't play with toys anymore anymore so much, but uh, you could kind of call it a game. I'll feed him and Betty next to each other, and she's got the big bowl, and he's got the little bowl. And his favorite game is to eat out of Betty's bowl. <laughs> And so he runs over and he'll go and get in her bowl and he'll stand there and eat, you know, one little piece of food at a time. And she goes over and she'll eat his food. And if you looked at her face, she her face always has like this pleading look like, mom, can you please kick him out of my bowl and I'll kick him out. But then she lets him right back in. And so I just give up. I let her eat his food. And then when he's had his fill, she can go finish it off. It's half, it's half green beans anyway because I'm trying to trim them down. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay.
1: And they won't eat until I put the green beans or the carrots on top of their food. Yeah. They have to have their veggies. They'll sit by their dishes and they'll just stare at me until I add their, their little veggie toppings.
0: Oh, nice. So you mentioned he doesn't play with toys anymore. What
1: He doesn't. He used to, um, but he just lost interest in them. And Betty's toys are much bigger than his toys work, And she, he hates it when she plays. If she starts throwing a toy around and making it squeak and acting like that she's attacking it, that upsets him. And so he'll start barking at her and he'll start trying to herd her away from her toy.
2: Hmm.
1: He doesn't like it when she starts running around and being crazy. But she needs it. She needs to run around and be crazy because that's her genetic disposition. So I try to let her play and we just ignore Eddie when he starts to have a problem with the noise and the commotion.
0: Mm -hmm. So what sort of toys did Eddie used to play with?
1: He used to like to play with cat toys because they were the right size, like little balls and and things like that. But you just, he used to have a little cat toy that he played with, with my mom, but he's, he just lost interest. He didn't want to play with them anymore. I think he's had bad teeth. And so I think part of it is maybe it wasn't comfortable having them in his mouth.
0: Mm-hmm. did Eddie have any other sort of uh, physical problems
1: no um, his he's he's actually in excellent health his heart is good his lungs are good I had him checked out recently and had everything you know a senior wellness check and the only issue that he has is with his teeth I had taken him a few months ago to get some of his teeth extracted because they're bad and the they started to put him under and he turned blue and they said he wasn't a good candidate for surgery right now. They, they said that even though his heart is good, that he didn't respond well to the anesthesia. Mm. And did I want to proceed or try something else? And I said, Nope, we'll just let those teeth do what they're going to do. <laughs> Cause I didn't want to make him worse. I know the, the value of having good teeth and good oral hygiene in a dog. His teeth were bad when I got him. And we, I had been putting off having the surgery. Something just told me that it wasn't something I wanted to do to him. But when I, he had gotten an abscessed tooth. And so I thought, well, we need to do something with this. And, and we tried, but even the doctor said, you know, we can just let it kind of a wait and see thing because the surgery could
0: kill him. That's not good.
1: That's the only thing he's got an issue with is his teeth. Okay.
0: Does sort of Eddie have any apart from the the ankle biting, any other interesting habits?
1: Let me think. What else does he do besides wanting to be in charge of everything? He's gotten a reputation for being my bodyguard. Because when I take him on walks, he's very tiny and and he's very cute. And people think that he's just adorable and they want to start, they want to reach for him and pet him, and he doesn't want to be touched by strangers at all. And if he sees somebody come too close to me, he'll start barking. The border colleague will ignore them. And she's significantly larger than he
2: is. Mm-hmm.
1: But he's going to do the barking and he's going to tell people that they not don't need to come quite so close and they need to keep their distance. And it makes people laugh because he's so tiny and he's so loud and he's so in charge of the situation. And then uh, the other funny thing that he does, and he did this to me before I moved here. Is he'll bark at you, and he'll try to get your ankles if you move too quickly. But as soon as you sit down on the couch, he'll jump right up and get in your lap and want to and want to be petted. <laughs> so he only wants to defend himself when you're standing up and moving around. If you sit down, he's he just wants to be loved. And I used to tell my mom that he was you know had multiple personalities because one minute he's trying to eat me, and the next minute he wants me to love him. She's like, and she would just defend him. She would say, oh, don't you talk about Eddie like that. He's a sweetheart. You just be nice.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now I tell people the same thing because I know him better and I realize that he really is a sweet dog. He just has a little bit of social um, awkwardness. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so being a nice uh, small dog, do you take him out to different places that perhaps a larger dog would have, be, have more difficulties in, in going into?
1: I can take him anywhere. And I take him as many places as I can because he really loves to go out. As an example, when I took the, I, I have these kittens in the house and they're, they were due to, it's a brother, sister, they were litter mates. I got two of them so they could have someone to play with and wrestle with and learn social skills from. That's how they got me to get two instead of just the one. They told me that it was good for the cats and it worked so i got the two and they they needed to be spayed and neutered i have a boy and a girl the last thing i wanted was for the brother and sister to make more babies and so i was putting them in their cat carrier and eddie knew that we were going somewhere and he tried so hard to get in that cat carrier with them
2: he wanted to go wherever
1: they were going and then And I, you know, I I told him no. And then I walked out the front door and he scooted out. He he forced his way out. I had to, I spent another 10 minutes trying to, to herd him back into the house. And then I dropped the kittens off at the veterinarian. And the funny thing was when I got home, the dogs greeted me at the door and they realized there were no cats. And my dogs didn't eat dinner that night. They took one look at me when I came home without the cats and they went to bed. They didn't come out for dinner. They didn't come out and visit me when I was watching, trying to watch TV or read a book. Anything I was doing the rest of the night, they ignored me. They stayed in their beds. They went, went to bed. And the next day, they still ignored me. They did not come out of their, their shunning me until I came back the next day and picked up those cats and brought them home. As soon as I brought the cats home, all was right in our world again. The dogs were happy to see me. And they were excited. They couldn't wait to, for me to get the cats out of the cat carrier. You know, so much for letting the cats recuperate. The dogs just wanted to see their cats. <laughs> and, and then they ate dinner and everything was good. But I don't know if they thought that mom was getting rid of the animals, but they wanted nothing to do with me when I got rid of the cats.
0: Mm.
1: They just weren't having it. But he does love a trip.
0: So when you do go out in the car, where does Eddie ride?
1: Eddie rides in the back seat with a safety harness buckled into the Mm seatbelt. Just in case we ever get into an accident, I don't want him to become a flying object or to impede that. That's actually a really good question because most people will let their little dogs ride on their lap or ride in the front seat, ride shotgun. But I I do pet care professionally and I know that, you know, that's not the safest place. If a dog gets hit by an airbag, it can kill them, can break their neck. Same thing, you know, if they're riding on your lap or if they're riding in the passenger seat, those are actually very dangerous places. And then they can also become a flying object and get thrown from the car because they're so little that you get hit. They can go. If you have a window down, they can go right out or they can go right into the windshield. And, you know, a lot of dogs get killed that way. And what a lot of people don't realize, too, is when the emergency crew comes to to rescue you, if you're in a, a bad accident, their job is not to save your animal. Their job is to save you. So if your dog is loose and scared and tries to attack them, they're going to do whatever they have to to get to you safely and quickly. And that could cost your dog's life. Mm, Or when they open the door, the dog could run out. But if the dog is tethered in the car and and it's secured, then they're not going to be bothering the emergency crew and and impeding what they have to do. And they're not going to run into traffic either.
0: Yep. Uh, Very true. So, Zeddy, Got any what you would say favored places to go to when you go out in the car?
1: Loves the park. We have a park that has a duck pond. And they love he and Betty both love watching the ducks. They they love that. He just loves being with, with me with me, you know, with his people. He just loves that he got to go somewhere. He's good in the car, doesn't make a peep, doesn't make a sound. Um, I can drive for an hour and I'll forget he's back there. He's they both both of mine just they just lay down and they're just good. Mm-hmm. But it re- they don't really care where we're going as long as we're going and that they're not left behind.
0: Does he go into the water at the park?
1: Oh no, no. He's I've never seen him try and swim. I've taken him to the beach and he'll get lapped by the waves and run away as fast as he can. He just doesn't really know what to think about it. And the the duck pond has a steep drop off. So it's not someplace, it's not a shallow, um, what do you call it when the water gets deeper? It's not, it's not a gradual Mm -hmm. deepness. It's a, it's a man-made pond. And so it's an instant drop. So I don't, I wouldn't let them go in there anyway, because I I wouldn't want to have to jump in after them to get, help them get out. (laughs) Water's a bit mucky too. So (laughs) I'd rather not.
0: (laughs) So what about uh, things like bath time?
1: He tolerates it because he has to, not his favorite thing. My, my border colleagues worse about bath time though. She'll tremble. She acts like she's being tortured. She can't stand it. Mm-hmm. All of her legs go out to the sides. But Eddie, Eddie puts up with, he got bathed more from my mom. And so he was used to it already. He had a lot of oatmeal baths and things for, to soothe his you know, spa treatments for, for him. Nice. She she gave it him a little bit better,
0: and other uh, other grooming.
1: Oh, he hates having his nails clipped. Absolutely hates it. I have to take him to the vet or one special groomer that can manage him because he's been banned at PetSmart. He's been banned at Petco. His when you my mom and I used to try and clip his nails, the two of us could not clip his nails because what happens is he starts screaming like you're killing him. Like there's a murder going on and all four of his legs start spinning like helicopter propellers all at the same time. And to try and grab his little foot, I was always afraid I was going to hurt him, not because I was being rough, but because he was going to end up injuring himself with his shenanigans. I mean, he just throws an absolute fit. And we've tried for years to, to clip his nails at home. I know how to do it but I'm afraid that with all of his moving, I'll end up flipping off a whole toe because he just moves like he's a maniac. And, and the noise, the screaming, I mean, he just doesn't, not a fan. (laughs) (laughs) I got, I actually, I haven't tried it yet. I just ordered it from Amazon, but I got one of those hanging pouches that you put a dog in. It's like a, it's like a material that has four holes for their legs mm-hmm. and then it's got holes at the tops with hooks over it so you can hang them up on something and so their arms just dangle out.
2: Yes. I've and this. then I
1: gotta, I've, got, I've got that and he doesn't know it yet, but I'm, I haven't given up. <laughs> I'm going to try that and see if that works like it does on TV where they just go calm. I I'm thinking I may have wasted my money, but I'm going to give that a try.
0: Well, sometimes you just got to give things a try and find hopefully something that works.
1: I've tried everything else but the the groomer works pretty well. But then the, the groomer that I use the last couple times that I took him, he hid under the bed when we got back, like he didn't want to go in. I felt like I had to push him to go in and then he hid under the bed for a day. And I was on a Facebook group for this neighborhood and someone had asked if their dog was acting strange after coming home from that groomer. So I don't know if the groomer is too rough because other people were complaining about him. So That's why I ordered that little hanging thing to see if I can, I at least know what's going on if I do it myself.
0: Yeah. From what you just said, that might be a bit of a a concern if other people. uh,
1: Yeah. As much as I'd like to get his nails clipped, I don't want to take him back somewhere if they're, if they're being mean.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. A um, question I asked everyone is to complete the sentence. I can't believe my dog ate,
1: I can't believe my dog ate all of the kitten's food in the bedroom when he got in there the other night. (laughs) Wet food and dry food. He was just, and he was, he was hunkered down low because he was trying to hide while eating it. So he thought (laughs) that if he was laying down, I wouldn't see him. (laughs) He wanted some variety, apparently. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And he loves spaghetti. My okay. mom used to give him little spaghetti noodles when she would make spaghetti. She said, "Whenever we had spaghetti, you had to give him some." She right. said, "He'll just cry if you don't." Right. But that was my—that's more. I can't believe my mom fed him.
0: I can't <laughs> believe. Him. Has he been on any uh, long trips, like for long holidays?
1: He has not. He has not, but I think he would be excellent on one. <laughs> I haven't taken one in a few years, and I think I'm due. Mm. I think he would be a good traveling companion.
0: Well, I think so too. Yes,
1: not too many people have been on any long trips in, a, in the last couple of years. Anyway.
0: Well, that's yeah, true. <laughs> that is very, very, very true. In I suppose most but places. I
1: think, be, I think he would be an excellent companion. I just don't know what to do with all these cats now that I've got them. I've got a lot of animals to leave. I need a good
2: pet sitter.
0: (laughs) What would be your most positive memory that you have of, of Eddie that's that's just filled you with, with joy, a particular instance?
2: I
1: don't want to be too sad. I know I've talked about my mother a little bit other than, when she was passing, when my grandmother had de- was alive and had dementia, I put we put her in she had we had her in a nursing home towards the end, and I would take him to visit her, and she wouldn't remember my name, but she would remember Eddie, and I would put him in the bed with her, and he would just work his magic. He works his magic on the ladies, and he's just the he's just such a sweetheart. That the women that love him really love him, even when they're sick. And my grandma would, she would just say, oh, Eddie. And she would like pet him. And like, she hadn't even noticed I was in the room, but she would notice the dog. And she, there's something about petting a sweet little dog mm. that trans, transcends a lot of the other things. And even Margaret, when she, Margaret had passed away after, like, the year after my mom did. And after my mom passed, I would go and check on Margaret because I knew she was my mom's best friend and she was a sweet lady and I would go visit her and I would always bring Eddie because Eddie would always make her smile. And she had bladder cancer. She had actually had it before my mom, but she, she, she fought it longer. And I just knew that whenever I would go next door, he would bring such a smile to her face. And her brother lived with her, and he would always have treats for Eddie. So Eddie was very happy to go visit the people next door. <laughs> but they kind of looked after me after my mom passed away. And I looked after them because I was lonely. You know, I'd lost my mom and my grandma. And so I'd go visit them. And Eddie was just, he was, he was kind of the matchmaker. He just would put people together. And everybody that was around him was happy.
0: Oh, nice. I'm guessing he was uh, in demand when you went visiting to the nursing home. He
1: was, And, you know, her, her brother that lived there, he passed away two weeks ago and his family never came out to visit him and they knew that he was sick. And I just thought it was awful that he was next door and and sick and nobody was coming. And so I would go check on him whenever I would walk my dogs to about four times a day. I'd I'd go check on him and the dogs got so used to going over there after their dog walks because they knew they were going to go check on Tom. And now that he's gone, they still want to go next door and there's nobody there. Mm. But he's just been very good with people. And he does, you know, with all the people that he's lost, he doesn't seem sad. He's just, he's just a good little dog. He just has a big heart and he's willing to share it with everybody. Everybody, everybody who will sit still long enough that he's not trying to get after their ankles. <laughs>
0: meant to ask earlier. With did you get over the 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 children that were chasing him initially? Were there ever any sort of like repercussions from from that? That you know? Of?
1: No, we we didn't know we didn't know who had hurt him. We didn't know if it was those kids or where he came from. We were, you know, and this was before I lived here, so I'm. It's just the story that I've been told mm-hmm. from you know. Mar- Margaret used to love. T- Margaret was the neighbor next door. She used to love the story about how how Eddie found them. And uh, I don't think she was, she wasn't the type to go after kids. You know, she told them to leave him alone and that everything would be okay. And she, she wasn't a troublemaker. She just wanted to protect the animal. She was a very much an animal lover. She had had, a, she had had horses and dogs and cats before she moved into the condo next door. She had lived on a ranch nearby and so she definitely there were saddles in her conduct from her from her husband when a long time ago. But she just and she had framed portraits of her animals that were gone. She just she just wanted to protect Eddie. She knew that he needed help. And so she was just ready to help him. But she wasn't looking to go after the kids and find out who the ringleader was or anything like that.
0: Hmm. And have you got any other sort of like friends in the in the complex where you are?
1: I do. You know, I, I do, I have a pet care business locally and one by one, I've, I've gotten as clients, almost all the neighbors with dogs. (laughs)
2: Um,
1: And because my mom, my mom had lived here for almost 20 years and she was very friendly and she was very sweet. And she had, she had been like the welcome crew whenever somebody moved in. So because she was so well loved here, I got grandfathered in and I I got automatic friends because they loved my mom. And so that was kind of a a unique experience for living in a big city. You don't think of Los Angeles as being very communal, Mm -hmm. but within this condo complex, because they all knew my mom and there were a lot of aging people. They all kind of looked out for each other. And then the new people come in and my mom would be the first one to welcome them. So people of all ages just loved her. So, so I've I've gotten friends. I've inherited friends from my mom as well as her dog.
0: Oh, nice, nice. And as far as Eddie goes, has he got sort of like friends around there as well?
1: He gets along with all the dogs. There isn't a dog here that he doesn't like. He likes all the dogs. So he's got. We just had one over. One of our neighbors had gone to Montana for the week, and so we had their cocker spaniel here, and he thinks he's a rock star. He thinks he should sleep all day and party all night. So I'm glad they're home. <laughs> Very glad they're home. Because <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get more than four or five hours of sleep any night this week. Because that little Cocker Samuel. <laughs> but Eddie likes him. And there's another little dog, a little Pomeranian that's more Eddie size. Little blind Pomeranian named Archie. And Eddie and Archie are the best of friends. He likes, he likes Archie. He gets excited when
0: he sees Archie. Very nice. So anything else coming to mind that you'd like to share as far as Eddie and uh, any adventures?
1: Well, getting the kitties was an adventure that, that uh, filled my heart with a little bit of fear, but Eddie was so good with the kitties and I was surprised that Betty was good with them too. It took about three days before the kitties were out and about and sleeping with my dogs. Cause they just didn't know any better. <laughs> they just, they just wanted to explore and be around. But now Eddie hasn't had a lot of adventures. He's lived with little old ladies most of his life.
0: Mm-hmm. He, he, he special- just keeps
1: them under control.
0: Has he got a, a special spot in the, in the house?
1: He has several. He likes pillows. If you have pillows on the couch and you lay them flat, that's where he's going to be. He likes to be up high. The higher he can get to sleep and the cushier it is, the better. At night, his favorite spot is to sleep on the pillow on top of my head. He cradles the top of my head. (laughs) He likes spoons my head. That's his favorite spot. He likes to be close. Uh, He likes to be in the crook of a knee or up on top of my head. uh He gets offended when I kick him off my pillow. (laughs) He's like, no, mom, I need to be up here right next to you. (laughs) Is
0: he like looking out windows or is he like, ah, that's out there?
1: He likes laying in in the sun. He doesn't really care what's going on outside, but he likes it when the sun hits his body. He's Mm -hmm. a sunbather. We can go on a walk and if it's the first walk of the day, if it's our morning walk and it's early and there's just a couple spots where the sun is hitting, he'll just stop and he'll put his head up to the sky and he'll just breathe the fresh air and he'll, he just looks like he's just reveling in the warmth of the sun on his little old body. So I just let him sit there for a minute, but he loves sun. He likes to nap in the sun when the sun comes through the window.
0: Nice. So you mentioned you have a a pet care business. Does Eddie come to work with you at any any time? No,
1: no, I'm, I want dogs, all kinds of dogs, and the, the majority of them are much larger than Eddie and, and not nearly as sweet around other dogs. So, so he stays home and he naps, he rests up so that he's uh, energized for when I come home from work. <laughs> he and Betty nap at home with the kitties. But I've, I'm not gone for very long. Most of my customers are within a five-mile radius, so... Whenever I have a break between customers, I come home. So I might be gone for an hour or two and then come home for an hour and then out for another hour or two. So not they're not they're never really left. The longest that they would be left alone at home is probably four hours. It's not not a real long stretch. I come home for lunch. I'm home by dinner. I'm home in the morning. It's actually a really nice gig.
0: Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Because
1: you know, I get up and I take care of mine, and I go do a couple dog walks. I basically get paid to go out and exercise and be in the sunshine for a few hours a day.
2: Because mm-hmm. it's kind of spread that.
1: out, you know. And then I'll come home and have a have lunch, and then I'll maybe take a nap, and then I go out and walk some more dogs, and then I come home for dinner, and I'm done. So it's not bad.
0: Oh, really? Really nice
1: i had been in the car business for 20 years before this, and I was working 10 to 12-hour days as a finance manager. So this is a really nice change.
0: Mm -hmm. If you think Eddie had to pick a a certain activity, what do you think that would would be? Dinner.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That would be his all-time favorite. (laughs) Dinner or getting petted. But
0: dinner, dinner, <laughs> definitely dinner. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: So, how often God does how often does uh, Eddie get fed and the and the animals?
1: Not often enough. <laughs> <laughs> he gets breakfast and dinner. Breakfast and dinner. Yep. Yeah, which you know, I'm starving him. <laughs> this is all according to
0: Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, been a. Pleasurable conversation. Would you like to give people your uh, social details or details about your, your business?
1: Sure. My, uh, my pet care business can be found at uh, Recy Pet Care. It's mryc pet And I do dog walks in the local area. I've also written my first book. It's called Good Dogs, a foolproof guide for having happy and healthy pets. That's basically a compilation of my blog posts that I wrote. I started writing blog posts when my customers started coming up with the same problems and asking me for tips on how to deal with the dog that is barking or digging or a puppy that needs house training, you know, the basics that Mm -hmm. everybody pretty much has the same problems with different dogs. It's it was the same problems coming up over and over again. So I would give them my tips and, and explain it to them. But then I would write a blog post for all the other people out there that maybe I don't talk to on a daily basis that could be having the same problems. And then after a few years, I had quite a few blog posts and I thought that it would be easier if I could put them all in a book and organize them into similar sections so that you could have a guide. Plus there was the pandemic and I had time on my hands. So <laughs> that's what I did. That was my pandemic project was organizing that into a, a book. And my book is available now on Amazon um, worldwide. It's um, Good Dogs, a foolproof guide for having happy and healthy pets. I'm Marie Contreras and it's available in paperback. The Kindle, ver- paperback now, the Kindle version will be available September 14th. And I've got a, a voice artist doing the audible version.
0: Oh, nice. Because
1: yeah. my house isn't quiet enough <laughs> to be able to create an audible file.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much again. It's been an enjoyable conversation.
1: Thank you. It's been a pleasure.
0: Thank you very much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the show, just like our new listeners in Casimba de Dé in Brazil and in San Ferdinando in the US. If you'd like to jump on the Facebook group and make any comments to uh, help me make this a better listening experience for you, it would be very much appreciated. Until next time, stay safe and remember, your dog is family.